Hello there, and welcome to Common Rider AA, the podcast where not only is one of our podcast members famous enough to be recognized in random video calls, but she's also almost a Twitch affiliate. That's true. Anna, you're trying to do the ASMR thing, but it's just coming out. It's just coming through very blown out. Yeah. Ah, dick bags. No, if you're going to do it, you got to do it like this. You got to be nice and quiet and close to the microphone and like almost a little breathy. Uh, all right. I'm not going to be able to do that because I am physically unable to do my voice sound like how I want it to sound. Uh, should I just restart that? Uh, Conrad AA, Cassidy's Famous, almost a Twitch affiliate, love them. And, uh... You don't have to do that second part, but you can start over. I'm going to include it all. I will just want you to know that in advance. Hi, I'm Anna. I'm dumb. Hi, I'm Adam. I'm, I'm dumber. And I'm Cassidy, and I'm the cool one. You're the Daria. Wait, no, was no, it was Beavis and Butthead that was with Daria, right? I have no clue. That was before my time. It was before all our times, except maybe Adam. He's a little older than us. Yeah, I was born in 91. Boomer. I'm not a fuck you. <laughs> How dare you call me that? Kidding. I love you, Adam. As you should. But anyway... You're listening to our Common Rider Recap Podcast. Today we watched and are recapping episode 15 of Common Rider 01, their respective ends. Also known as everyone's endings. Yeah. Depending on how you translate it. Uh, I forgot how good this episode was because when I rewatched early 01, I would watch the next episode to get the... uh, you know, fight between Jin and Naruto. So I forgot how good everyone was in this episode. Uh, can you tell us who wrote and directed this one? No. Okay. Fine, if you insist. It was uh, written by Yuya Takashi and directed by Satoshi Murata. And it aired December 15th, 2019. I, this is my first time hearing Satoshi's name. He directed the last episode. Oh, God. Eat shit, Adam. Yeah, shows how good my memory is. Also, you know, watching this episode and then looking over his credits, especially some of the episodes he uh, did for uh, Blade and uh, Blade Double and uh, and X-Aid, it's uh, very much in his wheelhouse. I-, I think he does episodes about grief and loss very well. Or at the very least, the lead up to grief and loss. Right. Well, well, let's go ahead and get into it. The episode starts at an Ames briefing. Now that MJ.net's hideout has been discovered, Ames is launching a raid on them. Yua asks Fua if he's ready for what is essentially going to be an all-out war, and Fua affirms that he is. He has been waiting for this for 12 years. Damn, that's a long time to wear a chastity belt. Fuwa's been fucking pounding energy drinks. There are seven of them on that desk. Oh, I didn't catch that. I don't know if it's exactly seven, but there's like a bunch of them. I thought it was like cough medicine or something to deal with the internal bleeding. Cut to Jen building a makeshift grave out of rubble to cover the dodo key. 
Roby asks Jin what he's doing, and Jin tells him that he's making a grave for both Assassin and Ikazuchi. Hirobi kind of reprimands him for imitating a human custom, and he tells him that Assassin and Ikazuchi carried out their duty. Hirobi takes the dodo key out of the grave and again delivers his sort of catchphrase, all is according to the Ark's will. We see the Daybreak Town Crater Lake as an ominous red light shines from below the surface. I might say this about every single scene, especially every single scene with... uh... Jin and Herobian, but this fucking scene was amazing with uh, Jin creating this grave and you could tell he doesn't fully understand why he's doing it because like he's not fully pushed over into singularity until the very end. Man, it tingles. Before the OP, we see Aruto leading Subaru and Izu to the Hiden family grave. And after the OP, Aruto offers a prayer to his departed family members And I don't know if it'll be important later on, but there are five names on the grave, along with the years of their deaths, and they are as follows. Kornosuke Hiden, 2019. His death was the inciting incident of this whole thing. Hiden Sureo Himagir, 2007. Yoshino Hiden, 1997. I assume this is Aruto's mother. Sureo Hiden, 1997. The one who I believe uh, the Humagear Soreo was based off of. And lastly, Kazuko Hiden, 1993. I think this is Koronosuke's wife and Aruto's grandmother, but I have no way of knowing for sure at this time. So this is interesting because it means that uh, Aruto's actor is playing old. Because the actor was born in 2001 four years after the deaths of the character's parents. So Aruto is, at youngest, about 22 years old. Yeah, he's 22 years old at youngest. And I think they mentioned that he was 22 in the first episode. It It might have been 21, but I can conceive that during the events of the series that he turned 22. And, you know, like, dates and time, like, because if they died late in the year, he was born early in the year, you know, whenever uh, this is taking place. Subaru notices the names on the grave and expresses some confusion as to why the Humagear Soreo was interred there as well. He asks Arto why Soreo's parts weren't just disposed of. Arto tells Subaru that since Koronosuke originally created Humagears, that means that they are like family to Aruto. His robot dad more than most. Also, 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 I think this is just a nice, a nice mirroring of how Jin was also trying to to bury family. Aruto goes on to include Subaru, Izu, and even Ikazuchi slash Raiden in this family as well. So something I want to build off of from what Cassidy said, which was you know about a, the mirroring of Aruto and Jin. In uh, Jin's thing, Jin is the, you know, younger, less worldly person, and Hirobi, the, you know, mentor slash, you know, boss of that situation is like, don't grieve, you know, they did what they had to, and now they're gone, and that's whatever. Arto, on the other hand, he's in the Hirobi position, and he's telling uh, Subaru, who's uh, in the Jin position, that it's important to grieve. You know, like, it's sort of flipped. 
although he doesn't seem to have proper emotions yet, uh, Subaru expresses some resentment toward Raiden and says that since he was just a spy, Raiden should have just been disposed of. Aruto tells Subaru to not simplify it in that way. Izu reflects on Waz, and there is a noticeable glow as, her, as she opens her eyes. She agrees with Aruto and that having a brother is a special thing. I love this. Singularity, baby. She had singularity. Aruto is pleasantly surprised that Izu understands this and asks if she'd like to offer a prayer to the Hidden Grave as well. Izu obliges, and Subaru does some reflection of his own on Raiden. Sudden burst of emotion. Yep, his eyes do the glowy thing as well. And he almost certainly hits Singularity in that moment, and he subsequently gets bull-rushed by a wave of emotions. Oh, I know I have a heart, because it's breaking. I, th- I believe that's from the 2008 film Robots. But there's no time for therapy, there are baddies to fight. <laughs> Izu gets an urgent transmission stating that Ames is about to launch an attack on MJ.net. We cut to a small army of Ames operatives advancing on Daybreak Town, as Spua barks some orders stating that they are to completely wipe MJ.net out then and now. I mean, you say small army, there are like 12 dudes. <laughs> There's like 20 dudes. When I think small army, I think like 100 minimum. <laughs> Well, regardless, you speak of the devil and they shall appear, for MJ.net is just immediately at the top of where they are. Jin comes walking in with a mocking laughter alongside Hirobi. Hirobi tells Ames that they fully expected this attack. The MJ duo pull out their Force Risers and they henshin. Yua tells Spua to hold off on transforming and that he'd be no good to anyone if he collapsed immediately. Yeah, please don't use the special form that causes you to cough up blood. He does it anyways. I mean, it's fool. What do you expect? Yua walks up to meet the MJ riders, and she henshines into rushing cheetah form. Fua, being horny for robo-murder, dons his assault wolf form and joins the fray. He's, he's been waiting for this for 12 years. He is... Mm, I love him. He's so angry. Uh, during this fight, Yua changes into Lightning Hornet off-screen. Yeah, well, like you see, she like she pulls out the key, but like we don't, but then like you know, screen wipe stuff. Yeah, I thought she was just going to shoot with it. I didn't realize she henchened into it until we got that scene later. I mean, it makes sense because you know it does give her the power of three common riders. Yeah, that's true. We get a pretty cool fight scene during which Valkyrie goes into Lightning Hornet form, as was noted. Zero One shows up in Shining Hopper form to actually deal some damage to Hirobi this time with the authorized buster. Uh, And more importantly, save Yua from a point-blank arrow blast. So uh, I think now we can sort of, because of the power of three common Riders and the power of five common Riders were there fighting against Hirobi... I think we might be able to classify Hirobi as the power of four common Riders. I'd accept that, yeah. That's basic mathematics. Totally. Uh, Vulcan goes on to deliver a finisher aimed at Jin. However, as Hirobi is reeling from zero one shot, he has a bit. He opens a communication channel with the Ark and sort of that mental digital space. 
The Ark seemingly instructs him to take the hit for Jin. Hirobi obeys this order and rushes over, pushes Jin out of the way, and gets pretty heartedly wrecked by Vulcan's Magnetic Storm Blast Fever. Magnetic Storm Blast Fever! That's not the voice. Oh. I can't do voices. And that makes me sad. It's a guillotine kick that materializes a hard light wolf head over Vulcan's leg, which bites down on Hirobi and knocks him a distance away to kind of just explode upon impact with the terrain. And then Fua collapses and just starts spitting up blood. Uh, by the way, I, I want to note, like, this isn't even me with Future Sight. This is me, like, wondering, because when Hirobi first sees Jin about to get hit, he shouts out, Jin! And then the Ark contacts him, and he goes, as the Ark wills it, and saves him. Do you think part of him that is close to or achieves singularity cares about Jin? Only so much as Jin is the tool of humanity's destruction. Yeah. And if Jin were to die there, then the whole thing goes for naught. Yeah. We've said it before, but Hirobi's kind of an abusive dad. He... Uh, he re- he essentially reprogrammed Jin after Jin came to the conclusion that family's important, whether it's between humagears, humans, or a combination thereof, and that just wasn't the conclusion Hirobi and the Ark wanted him to come to, so... Yeah, he does not care about allowing Jin any form of autonomy. It's just, as long as... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Hirobi actually cares about Jin at this point. All right, here's a, another question. Do you think Hirobi has achieved singularity? I think he's been there for a, a long time, yeah. I think he's been there since the start of the show. Well, Hirobi is forced out of Henshin and is prone. We even see his Humagear chassis under the epidermal lair. Jen flies over to check on his quote-unquote father. Thua can't maintain his Henshin after that demonstration of power. He... He turns back into human form, or just person form, rather. And he spits out blood and kind of boasts to Valkyrie in Zero One that he won by himself before losing consciousness. And now for part of the episode that apparently Adam hated. Oh, absolutely. So, as Jin cradles Hirobi's body, the most contrived fucking shit happens. Izu walks up and triumphantly confirms Hirobi's defeat out loud within earshot of Jin, who, I should note, is still in rider form and is still very much a danger to any non-combatants. Enraged, Jin shoots a tendril that stabs into Izu. Zero One notices this and jumps over to dismember the tendril and pull it out of Izu's body. Zero One turns back into Aruto as Jin carries Hirobi's body into the lake. Izu's eyes flicker a bit as she says Aruto's name and she deactivates. Am I the only one who thinks that's bullshit? Izu, b- before this point, has shown a lot of caution when it comes to getting close to Magia or MJ.net. She's always next to Aruto, and that's frankly the best place to be because... She is a Humagear, and these are these are Humagear terrorists who have no who have no qualms about hacking other Humagears to turn them to their cause. And just this sudden shift in characterization is pretty dumb, in my opinion. Consider this, Adam. 
Fua did kick Hirobi across the lake. She was probably far away from danger, and then, like a meteor descending from the heavens, Hirobi's limp body showed up in front of her. I, I don't think they were across the lake. I think that was on the same side of the lake. Well, like, same side of the lake, but like a distance away. Like, there's, like, a little bit of, like, there's, like, a small inlet of water. Then don't approach the meteor. For all you know, it's radioactive. Yeah, but the meteor always gives you cool alien powers. <laughs> or makes you start singing in, in song. The, the There's this uh, Team Star Kid musical called The Man Who Hates Meteors. Spoilers for that. Also, I... I would like to say I find the shot of of a Jin carrying Hirobi's body into the lake kind of beautiful, like the way it's framed. I don't know. Like I always like those shots. That's that's nice. I, I think. I guess like I don't think the whole thing is bullshit. I think it's you know definitely like well this needs to happen for the point of the story. We are writing it in to happen because it needs to happen kind of thing. Um, I think giving. He's the fucking world's biggest shit-eating grin. Was a bit much. It doesn't build off the whole headcanon characterization of Izu being like a total homicidal maniac that you seem so enamored with. It's just like... It's smug. Iz isn't smug. Like, she always sort of has a smile on her face. Like, I think this might be a context thing, like that, uh... Russian dude that was like uh, had the video of the person licking their lips and then put different words before it and it uh, changed what people thought of it like the context of an act even if the act is the same changes a lot of people's perception of it like was her smile bigger than it usually is or is it the same smile that's like her default There, there is plenty of time where her default form does not have a smile is what I will say a lot of the time, she's pretty stoic. I, I want to say she's worn a polite smile a lot of the t- several times as well. But I, I think most of the times when she is smiling, it is in the middle of a conversation in which Aruto is part of the conversation, because he's a fucking goofball. Also, like the lead, the leader of Metsubojinrai.net was just defeated. Like that is a that is like a reason to smile. Like that's like oh, we just killed Count Dooku. Now all that's left is General Grievous. I'm on a bit of a Star Wars kick, so I might reference it a few more times because that's what's on my brain. It's allowed. Please do. Anyway, we transition to Zaya HQ after the battle. Yua is reporting to Guy Amatsu on the outcome of the battle. Guy expresses some weird levels of glee over how well things went. Yua kind of contests that. She states that Fua was very willing to kill himself to defeat MJ.net. And we do get a, a cut to Fua and a bunch of Ames personnel kind of limping out of a out of an ICU. Like I, I think that was just their base. Like I think they went to the infirmary and then were like, well, we don't trust hospitals after the terrorist attacks that turned the doctors into monsters. So we're just gonna stay in our like little office room. <laughs> Yeah, because Fuwa has definitely not been to the hospital in a later scene. Yeah, they mentioned the infirmary. Also, like, uh, Matsugai says, isn't that a glorious ending, sacrificing yourself for humanity or something like that? And God, the levels of smug on this asshole, I love it. 
Yeah, they'll be crafting his new mythology. Amatsu goes on to say that Yuan Fu will go on to help write the mythology of common writers. Yua kind of timidly agrees with this, and she GTFOs from that man's office. Amatsu then says to himself that the Ark's revival is 999% complete. Alright, what do you guys think Amatsu guy's uh, goals are? Yeah, like what do you think his end goal is as of right now? I think I think he wants to turn common riders into the new the new nuke. He wants to be worshipped like a god, and therefore will become a common rider to do so. I think he's I think he's just rolling off of any sort of corporate bad guys motivation, and that he wants to he wants to be on the cutting edge of technology, so he can sell it to the highest bidder, and that t- technology in this instance is common riders. By the way, uh, fun fact to the Common Rider of Zero One fans at home, and to Adam, like, everyone just calls him Guy. Like, no one ever really calls him Amatsu, but Adam almost exclusively calls him Amatsu in the notes. <laughs> I, I don't I don't feel comfortable call, calling that man by his given name. He's a fictional character and an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Anyway... Cut to the Hiden Intelligence Lab. Arto is trying to p- perform the Humagear equivalent of surgery on Izu. With- <laughs> no, he's fucking not. <laughs> he's making a fucking mess of his own pots and pans is what he's doing. He is, attemp- he is attempting. He is not succeeding. And he is nowhere close to succeeding. But he's making an attempt. <laughs> he's gripping at Izu's fucking stomach where the wound is and then goes over to the fucking workbench and just knocks everything over which of these do i need <laughs> he says grabbing all of them and none of them at the same time <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair his girlfriend just got stabbed in the stomach i think he very specifically said that she's like family and they're like cousins arto scrambles to pull whatever humagear maintenance tools he can get off of a rack but he slips off a chair Fukuzoe, Yamashita, and Shesta walk in. I'm going to start calling them the Corpo Trio. This is the most threatening they have ever been. Why the fuck are they here? Uh, because there's going to be a meeting tomorrow to discuss whether or not Arto will continue to be the president. Okay, but like, why? They keep talking about like, how are you going to get us out of this mess this time? Like, what fucking mess are they talking about now? The mess that would be worse if you became president, Mr. Fukuzoe? I mean, they might they might be referring to the ongoing mess because, like, they still don't have the dodo key, which means they still aren't free of blame of uh, Shinya Wada's death. Okay, but like, they have aims on their side. The the people that would be giving them the fucking problem, Ames is no longer after them. Fuwa is on their side. You is working with Amatsu Guy, who's who we earlier learned wants Aruto to sell human intelligence to him now because later things will get much worse. Yeah, but like Ames isn't knocking down the fucking door like they have been. I mean, also court of public opinion. I don't know, like lots of problems have been building up these past like uh, 15 episodes and none of them have really been solved. The Corpo Trio walk in. 
Fukuzoe brings up Kornosuke's warning that kicked off the events of the show while Yamashita goes on to say that they wouldn't be in this situation if Fukuzoe had taken over the company instead. I mean, Fukuzoe's a black belt. He would have done better at fighting than Naruto. That's not true, because Arto had fucking fighting combat data downloaded into his brain like it's the fucking Matrix. Yeah, but then Fukuzoi would have had that on top of his black belt. You don't think the information coming from Zaya is better than having a black belt? I don't think they stack. I think it's just a different baseline. Anna, the Zero-One rider system speeds up your cognitive processes to that of an AI. Yeah, and now you now you have the cognitive processes of an AI plus a black belt. Aruto functionally has a black belt. And Aruto's younger. He's in the prime of his life. Fukuzoe is middle-aged. He probably gets knee cramps or something. Yeah, imagine how fucking gassed he'd be after wearing the Shining Hopper outfit. Like, he'd be fucking done for a week. Well, Fukuzoe wouldn't need it. He has his black belt. He could just be in regular uh, jump uh, jumping hopper. But he, you know, he's got that black belt conditioning, like the reflexes, like the instincts, you know, the things that you can't just get from raw data. I think this, what this means is that actually E should have been wearing the fucking armor the whole time. E deserves to be Kamen Rider 01. Because she's already got the, the greater than human reflexes. We, we see her fucking slide into battle to hand Aruto shit all the time. I know there's a Kamen Rider 02 later on at some point and that they wear a scarf god i zero two's suit design and introduction is amazing and we will get to it in about 30 episodes that far like 25 to 30 it's the uh it's the last uh, suit that aruto gets it's the last upgrade he gets one would assume being called the zero two also spoilers sorry <laughs> I, I've seen stuff on Twitter. It can't be helped. Yeah, but it could have been somebody else's suit. It could have been Fukuzoe's. I mean, an upgraded suit mixed with his black belt? It could have been Shinya Iwata's. No, no, Shinya Iwata uh, becomes the new Vulcan after uh, Fuwa dies. Puts himself into the fucking dirt. Again, Fukuzoe take over company instead. Arto, having none of this, tells them to get lost as he has to repair Izu's body. He, he is not dealing with them at all. Not in the slightest, and it's a refreshing change of pace. The Corpo Trio tell Aruto that Izu can be replaced, and that Aruto has enough human gears already. Aruto angrily rebuts that, because Izu is his family. She's, she's just been figuring out what family is. They love each other. It's real Fast and the Furious in here right now. As Arto begs Fukuzoe for his patience, Yamashita chimes in by saying that there will be an emergency board meeting the next day, and that Arto's possible removal as company president will be on the docket. The Corpo Trio leaves as Subaru gets an idea to use the lab's 3D printer to help restore Izu as it is connected to Zaya. Yeah, he, he really raised the bar with that suggestion. The Subaru. Subaru, yeah, the Subaru, yeah, yeah. You stole my bet, thanks. I'm gonna don my Izu cosplay real quick. I mean, that was the joke that uh, the subtitlers went with. 
Yeah, but it's a pun on the word Subarashi, which is the Japanese word for magnificent, or splendid, or similar. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's what the original pun was, but the way they translated it, like they put emphasis on the B-A-R in the middle of their word. Yeah, and I just wanted to lay out what, what the uh, Japanese was. Anyways, to fucking, once again, mirror Aruto and Jin, Aruto's gonna stick uh, Izen to the Zaya machine, and Jin wants to put Hirobi in the Ark machine. Yep. Jin has basically the same idea uh, over at the MJ.net base. He tells the wounded Hirobi that he'll ask the Ark to fix him. Hirobi shoots down the idea as it was actually the Ark's command that Hirobi die in order to push Jin into singularity and to fully awaken the hatred for humanity within Jin's heart. This is fucking wild and kind of great because even if you know you're being manipulated to hate something, sometimes you still hate them. Like, Jin is told, like, fate, like, head on directly that. This is a manipulation by the Ark to get you to achieve singularity. But Jin doesn't care because he cares about Hirobi. You are not immune to manipulation. Even if you're being manipulated, I think you would accept it would at least give a purpose behind the loss. It it gives a way for him to direct the anger he feels, the physically visible anger that we see. Hirobi tells Jin to wipe out humanity before Hirobi finally deactivates. Jin lets out a cry of sorrow and rage as his eyes glow red, and his hatred is kind of literally conveyed to the Ark. It's all purple and shit. And this, the Ark in turn raises an army of Trilobite Magia. Back at the HI lab... Subaru and Aruto have loaded Izu into the printer and have asked Zaya to repair her, to which Zaya obliges. Aruto thanks Subaru for his idea and further compliments him with a pun on his name using the word Subarashi, you know, splendid slash magnificent. The joke goes over Subaru's head and without Izu to explain it, we are all doomed. Yeah, Aruto's like, no, it's, it's fine, it's my bad. Cut to Ames HQ. Yua walks in and notices that Fu is hanging out in the control room. She tells him to at least go to the infirmary, but he tells her that he's just fine. He has an IV drip. (laughs) The rest of the AIM staff are also looking pretty bad when an alarm goes off. They get a report of an army of Magia terrorizing the city. Yua tells them to deploy the Geigers, but those two have been subverted. Fuwa, as gung-ho as ever, decides to head out in order to fight the Magia. Yua tells him that he might very well die in the process of using Assault Wolf again, but he disregards her. Honestly, the Geigers have helped Ames zero times. They're a bad idea. First of all, why did you not bring the Geigers to the Assault on Daybreak Town? Like... Because presumably that would have been the time to use them. They can't swim. They were on a bridge. Yeah, but they weren't expecting MJ.net to come out. Fu was like, "Don't make sure they don't escape. And they were going to go inside. And they were just like already there. It, it makes perfect sense that a Matsu guy is working with 
the arc, because otherwise the Geigers are just the dumbest thing ever. The, the Geigers were de- definitely had to be guy making a deal with the Ark where, hey, do whatever thing here and I'll make you some giant mech suits that you can hack super easily. I mean, plus also the uh, attache arrow, like, being colored for Hirobi. (laughs) Yeah. In H.I.'s lab, Aruto nervously fidgets as Izu gets repaired. Subaru gets word from Zaya that there is a large force of Magia on the loose, and he communicates that to Aruto. Aruto asks Subaru to watch over Izu as our hero heads off to fight the robo-hordes. You know what would be awesome? If Subaru was just part of the gang, like he, if he just quit being an astronaut and hung out in the labs. I, yeah, I, I like Subaru. I, would, I think I would be on board for that. He's just mad chilling, dog. He, no, he just comes down every time Aruto summons the motorcycle. He just rides the motorcycle down. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, that guy from uh, Dr. Strangelove. Or, is it Strangelove or Strangelove? Strangelove. Like the Texan on, on the uh, on the on the bomber who rides the nuke down. Yeah, that's what I was referencing. Thanks, Adam. Everyone knows that making things more specific is the key to comedy. Absolutely. What Izu makes it work, does she not? Yeah, but she's cute. <laughs> oh, am I not cute? I can't tell. <laughs> uh. It's nighttime as the rogue Geigers and trilobites rampage across town. Ames pulls in and pulls the civilians out of the combat zone as Yu and Fua are confronted by Jin. This is like the second time in two months that like a parade of Geigers and trilobites have rampaged across town. Hey, can we talk about the music in this scene? Just for a second. It sounds like fucking Pokemon music. This is music from the Pokemon franchise. I didn't catch that, but I haven't watched Pokemon in a long time. I'm in from like one of the game, not one of the games, you know. Maybe it's just kind of a. It's just the vibe. It's just the vibe. It is not specifically. It is just the vibe. It's like how when you hear a certain song, you're like, "Oh, that's a song from Sonic the Hedgehog." Right, like high energy or sort of orchestral. Anyway. Fua demands to know what the point of killing humans is, and Jin responds that the Ark came to the conclusion that humanity would eventually drive all other species to extinction. Yua calls that out as an oversimplification, as she and Fua go into Lightning Hornet and Assault Wolf forms, respectively. And who knows how many common Riders worth of power those two have together. Yeah, we don't have the math yet. I'm going to guess, though, it's a thousand percent. So you're suggesting that because Lightning Hornet has three common Riders, that Assault Wolf has 997 common Riders worth of power? No, if, if Lightning Hornet is 300%, then Assault Wolf is 700. Okay, so only 700 worth of, pow- of power. Or seven worth of power. Yeah, seven common riders. So a total of ten common riders. I think he's probably at a four too. That's my guess. I, I think Assault Wolf is more powerful than Shining Hopper. I think they're comparable. They have different strengths, I think. I, I mean Assault Assault Wolf was made by the Ark kind of to fight against uh 
fight against Shining Hopper because it was like his answer to the Ark's answer to Shining Hopper. So I would assume either equal or greater. Shining Hopper seems to be more focused on speed and technicality, whereas Assault Wolf seems to be more about raw power and energy projection. But eh. what if the two of them could combine into one form? Nah, nah, that'd be crazy. That'd be way too homoerotic for it to not be canon. Vulcan and Valkyrie fight the Trilobites a bit, but Vulcan quickly loses steam. Valkyrie gets him clear of the Trilobites, and she forcibly pulls off the Assault Wolf key from his Shot Riser to keep that form from killing him. She also takes his Shot Riser. Yeah, she's just she's she's going guns akimbo on all the Trilobites, and it's so cool. I, I thought she'd at least get to do a cool thing where she fires two like big attacks at once, but no, it it basically doesn't matter that she has two of them. I mean, it's a decent fight scene for a few seconds. For a few seconds. This is Aruto's show, not Yua's. But it could have been Yua's. Valkyrie fights the Trilobite solo for a while as Jin orders the two rogue Geigers to kill her. The Geigers attack and Valkyrie gets knocked out of Henshin and Yua wonders how Jin was able to take over the Geigers. Jin just kind of tells her that it's because he's awake now. We get a big damn heroes moment as Zero One rushes in. He calls down Breaking Mammoth and pilots it to destroy the Geigers and the Trilobite Horde. It's such a super cool, like, smooth sequence because Zero One is running, summons uh, Breaking Mammoth, absorbs into Breaking Mammoth, throws one of the horns, like, kills the Geiger, like, then it turns around and, like, a boomerang and kills the Trilobites. And then he appears unhenshined as Aruto. Aruto walks up and he asks Jin that if he thinks so little of humans, then what are humagears to him? Jin says that humagears are his friends, but Aruto easily shoots that down. He asks why Jin saw fit to hurt Izu and all the other humagears that MJ.net is so far hacked. Jin can only impotently tell Aruto to shut up in response to that. Jin goes into his rider form as Aruto starts to do the same. Jin doesn't have oh, Jin doesn't have any substance to his argument. It's all based on newly formed emotions and rage. He doesn't actually have a real agenda or political ideology. Like he's he's literally just lashing out right now based on what his father told him. But Jin goes into his rider form as Aruto starts to do the same. The the henshins for this part are a little bit more like drawn out and not just instant like they have been. Absolutely. But for Aruto, something is a little different. His mind gets beamed into Zaya and he's shown a holographic image of the Overrise attachment, I guess it's called. The thing that's attached to the Assault Wolf progress key. I think it might be called the Override. It's a little grippy bit. In the physical world, Aruto then kind of pretty effortlessly pulls off that attachment and he connects it to the Shining Hopper key. Aruto then combines the power of Zaya and the Ark to assume Zero One's Shining Assault Hopper form. Overrise. Progrise. Warning, warning. This is not a test. Hybrid Rise. Shining Assault Hopper. No chance of surviving this shot. 
Oh, that gave me chills. Zero One pulls out the authorized buster and f- unfolds it into a friggin' axe and leaps at Jin. And that's the episode. Uh, assault grip. Uh, the little handle thing is called the assault grip. Which is why they're both called assault whatever. With that, we are moving on to writer of the week. This is our favorite character or aspect of the production that we feel had the best showing for this episode. Yeah, I mean, we know. Cassie and I have been here for a few months. Yeah, yeah, but the audience may not. (laughs) What are they doing listening to this episode? What are they doing listening to this podcast? What are they doing? Stop listening. Listen to something good, like Cassidy's Scooby-Doo podcast, Kids and Their Dog. It's over. It's done. Yeah, but listen to the backlog. Anywho. My writer of the week is Subaru. His presence was kind of muted compared to everyone else, but his arc for this episode was kind of important, and I wish he had more screen time. Uh, mine's Jin. You know, it's going to be Jin and Hirobi. I, I just thought they both brought their A game, and Hirobi's, uh, I think Hirobi did a good job of providing grief and care while not emoting yeah, i don't know i'm i'm kind of convinced that hirobi's a bastard cassidy uh my writer of the week is the just the general concept of the 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 full like comparison between Jin and aruto and how they constantly mirror each other this episode which is something i wish was more specifically done throughout the rest of the show I, I know, right? It it seems like something that they're going to run with for the uh, going forward, but it's something that they really should have worked uh, worked with earlier to really make it more stand that to make it stand out more. And they kind of did it with uh, "I want to hear your voice," but yeah, other than that, not much. But yeah, it is pretty cool when the hero and the villain are foils. That's always pretty nice. I was like, they kind of couldn't do it before here, because this is the beginning of Jin becoming himself. Because before it was just a Humagear pre-singularity. Now it's somebody that can actually think and feel and grow. I feel like they could have started doing it during the Dodo arc. Yeah. I'm just giving this show as many concessions as I can. It's like a whole fucking stand over here. They even have a sushi platter. Hey, that's how you know it's double A. Also, I didn't come up with the joke uh, this week, so that's going to be my joke this week. I, I, I sort of couldn't because of how serious this episode was for the most part. Anyway, moving on to Tarot Corner. I'm giving this episode good old Arcana 13, Death. Death is the card of transitions. We've gone through the, the threshold into what seems to be a, a new story arc. You're here first, first folks. Aruto is trans. Uh, and this is indeed a pretty big turning point for the series. And the literal meaning of death is on display too. Hirobi is dead and Jin seems to be in charge of MJ.net now. Previously, Hirobi undid Jin's character growth when Jin came to a conclusion that Hirobi did not approve of. However, without Hirobi, Jin will have to confront the fact that MJ's.net's actions have indeed only harmed Himagears as well. 
And now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. That's how you know it's double A. Uh, all right, here's here's my joke. And if I've used this one already, you'll have to forgive me because I cannot be asked to remember the previous 14 jokes I've made on this podcast. 13, because there was that one episode where we didn't do them. How does a Magia like their sandwich? How do Magias like their sandwich? On Metsubo Jinrai bread. <laughs> and that's how you know it's... Double, Double A. a. Well then, we're wrapping things up with episode ratings. I'm going to give this a 7.4 out of 10. Izu getting stabbed kind of brought it down for me, but I've already laid out that complaint. For me, uh, 12 out of 10. I'm giving it my first greater than 10 for 0-1. I, I love this episode. I just, I love Fuwa constantly pushing himself past his limits this episode. And it being bad and ending poorly with, you know, him having to sit out that final fight. I love the Geigers and the Trilobites marching on the city with Jin at its head, like, so distraught over Hirobi's death. I love Aruto panicking about Izu maybe dying. I just really like this episode. I'll give it a Fast and the Furious 9 out of 10. With that, my average uh, rating has gone above Cassidy's. 8.88 compared to 8.56. All right. And with that, folks, we're moving on to plugs. Uh, Anna, is there anything on the internet? I know this is the only thing you do on the interwebs, but is there anything else out there that other people do that you think deserves more attention? Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. It's a little known game. Uh, it's just very good. I've been playing it recently, and I think more people should. There was going to be a remake, but then it was put on indefinite hiatus. Wait, what? Yeah. They, they, I, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, they announced a remake for KOTOR, and then they announced it's on indefinite hiatus. I knew about the remake. I didn't know it was on hiatus. Do you want to know why it's on hiatus? Yeah, why? They spent too much money making the vertical slice as pretty as possible to impress the people that would pay them to make it. And like the amount of resources that it took was just too much, or that's that's a that's a brief paraphrasing of what happened, from to my understanding. Anyway, if you like the sound of my voice at all, you can find me also at Pokemon Primeval. It's a Pokemon R T T R B G podcast where we sort of play in in the space of what the world of Pokemon might have been like, has been like, shall be like, etc. And you can find this podcast, Common Rider Double A, at double underscore common on Twitter if you're so inclined. And Cassidy, where we where can the people find you? Uh, if you like Pokemon, you should go to my Twitch streams, which are the same as my Twitter at Mad Lobotanist. It's M A D L O B O T A N I S T. I mostly stream Pokemon. Sometimes I stream other games, but it's mostly Pokemon. They're a very good streamer. You should watch them. And with that, it's time to Cho Henshin off into the abyss. Cho. Hen. Shin. Baby.